1 Peter 2, starting at verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is God's word. Second Bible reading for the days come from John chapter 10, verse 1 to 21. Sonia Bible, 1040. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of, the sheep, of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follows him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lay down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flocks and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-processed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But the other said, These are not the saying of a man processed by a demon. 
Can a demon open the eye of the blind? This is Lord's word. Now, as a church, we've been studying the Gospel of John, which is somewhat like a biography of the Lord Jesus, what he did, what he taught. And today we end up looking at John chapter 10, which speaks of really what Easter is about at its very heart. Uh, but let's uh, again once uh, pray, pray to God that he might help us once again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we reflect on these words, as we have heard it read, we pray that you might make its meaning clear to us on who Jesus is, the good shepherd who came and laid down his life for his sheep. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, isn't it strange that today is considered a public holiday nationwide? Good Friday is a public holiday. In fact, it's a public holiday in about half the countries of the world. In 97 countries of the world, everyone is stopping for, from work today. In fact, even Chatston Shopping Centre is closed today. And if Chatston is closed, it's important. But what is it that we are, in fact, celebrating? Why is it called Good Friday? Because when you consider the story of Easter and what happened on that first Easter Friday, it's really anything from good. It's not a birthday we're celebrating. It's not a wedding anniversary we're celebrating. It's not the founding of a nation that we're celebrating in half the countries of the world. It's not Christmas, but what was it? It was the brutal, horrific crucifixion of a Palestinian man, a Jewish man under Roman rule some 2,000 years ago. I mean, why are we celebrating that? Why would anyone celebrate that? Why would you celebrate that? You see, if anything, it's a sad day. It's really a depressing day. A day of mourning and grief. An innocent man was killed. It's why in some churches and in some countries, people wear black on Good Friday. But yet it is celebrated. Important enough that half the countries of the world, even Muslim countries, Indonesia, Malaysia, they have Good Friday as a public holiday as well. In half the countries of the world, they're meant to stop, reflect, and celebrate. Now, of course, not everyone stops, reflects, and celebrates. But you are here, and I suspect you're here, hopefully, for that reason. And so, why is it Good Friday? Well, it was because there was a reason for the brutal crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It wasn't an unfortunate series of events that unfortunately led to the crucifixion of a man who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Far from that. It was rather, and you might find this hard to believe, it was rather a voluntary death that continues to send shockwaves through all of human history through every generation. Because, you see, it was the death of not just any ordinary man. It was the death of the Son of God, who calls himself, in our passage, the Good Shepherd. And so in the passage we've just read, we learn of how Jesus understood his own death before he died. He explains why he died. 
And if we understand, if we understand what Jesus speaks of here, we'll not only understand why it is indeed Good Friday, but it is good also for you. Good for you adults, good for you boys and girls. It is good for everyone. Now whether you feel like you're one of those who have got life all sorted already, I don't need any help, I don't need anything else. Well, this passage today is good for you and it is very important. Or whether you feel the crushing weight and burden of life that things are just falling apart, well, this passage is good for you because it is really, really good. And so in this Bible passage, Jesus speaks and he teaches. And he uses a metaphor. He uses a metaphor to explain why he came, what he came for, and it helps us understand the Easter story. Jesus uses the metaphor of himself as the shepherd who calls, who protects, who nourishes, who knows his sheep by name. Now I wonder what you were thinking when you heard that Bible passage read before. Did you think it strange that Jesus would call his people sheep? You see, in the Bible, the animal that people are most identified with is sheep. But how do you feel about that? Being called a sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were to be an animal, I don't want to be a sheep. I'd rather be a powerful tiger. You know, they're independent, they're strong, and they hunt and kill. Or I'd rather be a lion. I love watching those BBC documentaries. Lions hunting their prey in the Sahara. Not that I do any hunting in real life. I can't even catch fish. But I'd rather be a lion or tiger, not sheep. You see, sheep, they're harmless, fluffy, cute. I don't want to be known as cute. It's, it's why, you see, when... Kids can't sleep, and I say this to our kids. Uh, I say to Esther, if you can't sleep, just, just what do you do? Count sheep. Esther thinks that's silly, but why count sheep? Because they're cute. They're so dead boring, they'll make you go to sleep. You wouldn't say to your, ki your kids if they can't sleep, count dragons. You know, they'll never get to sleep. In fact, if they do, they'll get nightmares. And I've even tried this with my kids, with Esther anyway. If you can't sleep, just do your multiplication tables. That'll work. But why does the Bible call people sheep? Well, the real reason is not because God thinks we're fluffy and cute and harmless. The real reason will offend us. And do you know why? The real reason is because sheep are one of those animals that are completely and utterly dependent upon their shepherd to live for survival. They are harmless, homeless, grass-eating nomads, and they're unable to defend themselves. Their bite is almost harmless, and they can be killed by all sorts of animals. Dogs can kill them, wild pigs can kill them, foxes can kill them, even eagles have been known to kill baby lambs. Now, this is also interesting what I discovered. Sheep can also be killed by having a panic attack. They can die from that. You see, they're high-maintenance animals, and if their wool is left unshorn for quite a long time, you know what can happen? They can overheat and die, or they just get too fat, they can't run away, and they get killed by foxes and dogs and wild pigs. You see, they're not the brightest of animals. 
And so now, how do you feel being described by the Bible as sheep? You see, it's not a compliment. The Bible is making a point, you see. Without a shepherd, the sheep dies. Without a shepherd, the sheep dies. The survival of any sheep is utterly and completely dependent upon their shepherd. And in this passage, what did Jesus say? I am that shepherd. Not just any shepherd, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd who has come so that you may have life to the full. I'm the good shepherd who has come to lay down my life for you. And I'm the good shepherd who not only laid down my life, but will take it up again. And that's what we see in this passage. You see, here the good shepherd came to give life to the full. Uh, to, to the full. Unlike the, the thief or the robber, we, we see in verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And if you think about it, hasn't that been the way of rulers and leaders throughout all of human history? The Jewish leaders Jesus was speaking to, they were meant to be shepherds of the people of God, loving, caring, nourishing, protecting, but instead they fleeced their sheep. They sought their own glory, their own self-interest, their own advancement. And if the last century in our world says anything about leaders of our world, so many of our leaders have really only come to steal and kill and destroy Dictators like Idi Amin, Pol Pot, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Mao. They promised so much but delivered nothing except pain and sorrow. They make no sacrifices of their own but they sacrifice their own people and millions have died under their leadership. But here we see Jesus is so, so different unlike any leader you have ever known. And so different because his interest is not of his own, but that of his sheep. And so here Jesus claims, I am the good shepherd, the one you have been waiting for. In verse 10 we read, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now this does not mean that Jesus came to grant us anything we want and anything we dream of that Jesus will give. No. But he gives us life as it's meant to be. That's what he means here. Life as it's meant to be. So many people live their life trying to find vitality and full life in all the wrong places. Some try to find it in fame, only to be left empty. Some try to find it in wealth, only to be left wanting. Some try to find it in relationships, only to be left disappointed. Some try to find it in life itself, only to lose it. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the full, which means life with the shepherd, nourishment from the shepherd, protection of the shepherd, the love of the shepherd, which ultimately means Life with God himself. I know God and God knows me by name. That is life to the full. And that life will stretch into all eternity. And so here Jesus is the good shepherd who came to give life to the full. And that is because we read he gave 
everything for it. He gives us everything. Unlike everyone you and I have ever met, everyone holds something back. Everyone. Our closest friends, our family, everyone holds something back. There's always something in me that's only for me. But not so with Jesus. He holds nothing back, not even his life. And so in verse 11 he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's unlike the hired hand we read of. The hired hand, they're just workers. They don't care for the sheep. They're just doing their job. They're not going to put their life on the line for the sheep. And that just makes sense. If you're an employee, why do you care so much? I mean, if you were to work at McDonald's, let's just say, and a thief comes in, what do you do? Will you tackle and fight? Of course not. You're just a, you're just a checkout person. You're just a cook. Take the burgers. Take the chips. Take the money. Who cares? Not mine. I mean, why would you care? And so here, if a high hand sees a wolf coming, what does he do? I'm not going to stand in a way. Take the sheep. And so we read verse 12. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And so you see, Jesus is making the point. I'm not the hired hand. I'm the good shepherd. And I own my sheep. Because I love my sheep. I care for them. And I'll put my life on the line for them. That is the good shepherd. Which, if you think about it, is just extraordinary. In fact, in Scotland, where sheep give birth to lambs during the early parts of the year, which is winter, and if you think about it, winter is a bad time to give birth to lambs. It's a terrible time, a difficult time for survival. But it's been known that shepherds have been found out in the hills frozen to death, protecting, keeping warm newborn lambs. Shepherds have been known to keep their lambs alive by their own life. And Jesus, he says, I am that good shepherd, not just for animals, I'm the good shepherd for the world. For my sheep, I lay down my life on the cross, crucified, brutalized for my sheep. But just as Jesus lays it down, we read here, he will take it up again. And it is here where it is worth us noticing how free and voluntary it was for Jesus to die. My life was not taken from me, but I lay it down. You see, his death on the cross was not an unfortunate series of events that happened to an innocent man who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, it wasn't that at all. It was by his very choice. Look at verse 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. You see, it was out of his own free will. Jesus laid down his life. And if you think about it, it has to be that way. He's the Son of God. And so when Jesus was hanging there on the cross on Good Friday, it wasn't the nails that held him there. Nails cannot hold back the Son of God who's, who has all the powers of the universe at his disposal. He could have just said the word and caught down ten legions of angels, thousands of angels, in fact, one angel would have been enough to wipe them all, 
all those crucifying him, all those rulers and leaders, wiped them all in an instant. He could have done that. You see, it wasn't nails that held him there, but it was his love for his sheep, who he knows by name. And he does so to gather all the sheep of God into one flock under one shepherd. Jesus says, I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. And take it up he did because on the third day he rose from the dead. The tomb was emptied. The grave was defeated and death conquered. The shepherd alive so that he might pour out life and give life to the full to all those who follow him. And you see, that's why Good Friday is indeed good, very good. But now do you notice in this passage, it's not in fact good for everyone. And so boys and girls, we need to hear that. Us adults, we need to hear that. It is in fact not good for everyone, because for whom did this shepherd come to give life to the full? For whom did this shepherd come to lay his life down for? Well, it's only for those who recognize his voice. It's only for those who hear him and follow him. You see, the shepherds of ancient Palestine, and even today in many parts of the Middle East, they work differently to the shepherds in Australia. They know their sheep intimately. They call out their sheep, whistle to their sheep, they lead their sheep, they go in front, and the sheep follows their voice. Unlike shepherds here in Australia, we call them, call them drovers. They, they hurt their sheep by fear. They have sheepdogs biting, barking. And some bigger ones, they even use helicopters to, to round them up by fear. But the good shepherd, he calls. He goes out in front and his own sheep will recognize his voice and follow. And so you will only get full life. You'll only get eternal life. You'll only experience the love of God if you follow and stick with this shepherd. And so this Good Friday, do you hear his voice? Because his own sheep always will. Jesus, I have come for you, Bob. I've come for you, Mary. I've come for you, Helen. And I've come to give you life to the full, life as it's meant to be. Do you hear me? Do you believe it? I have come for you. I was crucified on the cross. I laid down my life for you. Do you hear me? Do you believe it? And will you follow? I have come to love you in a way that no human ever can. I can have come to love you with the love of God himself do you hear my voice do you believe it and will you follow so you have to understand how wonderful this invitation is from Jesus how good the shepherd is to be loved like that now those of us who are already Christians we know how wonderful and glorious this love is we know it we're safe we're protected, we're with the shepherd, and we'll be with God for all eternity. We know that love already. But we want everyone to have that love. 
It was John Stott who, who said this once. He said, To be sure of the love of his or her parent is almost indispensable to the healthy emotional development of a child. To be sure of the love of a spouse or friend is marvelously conducive to human fulfillment. But to be sure of God's love, that is absolutely convinced, without any doubt at all, to be sure of God's love brings even richer blessings. It is the major secret of joy and peace and freedom and confidence and self-respect. And Jesus, the Good Shepherd, wants you to have that type of love. And so this Good Friday, if you feel like you've got life all sorted already, maybe it is. But maybe as you reflect on that, it's really not all that sorted at all. At least not for all eternity. Because it can only be sorted if Jesus is your Good Shepherd. But if you're one of those who at this time you're feeling crushed, feeling broken and burdened and sick and lonely and tired and depressed and dying. There is this good shepherd who calls out to you and he says, I'm here for you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here to love you even with my life. And so will your Good Friday, this Good Friday, be a good day? Well, my prayer is that it will really truly be a good day. And it can only be a good day if Jesus is your Good Shepherd. Let's pray.